0: sermon series on the miracles of Elijah. So today we are going to see another tragic miracle that took place where 102 lives were lost. But the name of the Lord was glorified. In the Old Testament days, you know, God was against people who are Going away from him, seeking for other gods and goddesses. That makes a difference, you know, of the coming of Lord Jesus Christ. So we will get into that slowly as we move further. So let me quickly summarize what this chapter is all about. The verses that Kamala read from Second Kings chapter 1. The second book of Kings begins in Samaria where we see this event taking place after the death of king ahab so ahaziah ahab's son was in power at that time when this incident took place and bible says he became ill in fact he fell down from the lattice that simply means he fell down from some from the upper room in the wooden structure or a metal structure, or maybe through the window or through the door, he fell down and probably he would have broken his hip, or I don't know, some other parts of his body is broken totally. And so, after the fall, Agaziah sent his officials to Beelzebub, the god of Akron. Ikron is a land in that place. So, you know, they, they, they are false gods. So he sent, Agaziah sent officials to Beelzebub to inquire whether he will recover from this illness or he will die. And God quickly spoke to his prophet. God quickly intervened Elijah, the prophet, and asked him to go and meet those officials, meet those messengers who are going to Beelzebub, the god of Akron's. So the officials sent by King Egeziah, they were just on the way. And they met Elijah. And God told him, tell them that King Agaziah is going to die. And this is simply because he chose to go after the false gods and goddesses. And then Agaziah sent two groups of 50 men along with two captains, one after the other. And Elijah said to both of them, the King Egeziah is going to die, he's not going to be alive. And in fact Elijah rained fire from heaven over those captains and the 50 members of the, of the army and destroyed them and killed them. Now the third group is coming, third group of cap, uh, uh, the, the army along with the captain. But this time the captain came humbly bending down kneeling kneeling before Elijah and pleading him not to destroy this group and this allowed the angel of God to come and speak to Elijah and God said Elijah do not be afraid go down because they are coming to you in humbleness go down and go to the king And Elijah came to the house of King Agaziah, and Elijah told to Agaziah the same word. This time, face to face, he told us, we read, is it not because there is no God in Israel to inquire of his word? Is it not because there is no God in Israel, is it the reason that you had to go to a foreign god, to Beelzebub? So Elijah told Egeziah the same word, and therefore Elijah told the king that he will certainly die, and he died, and his brother Jehoram ruled in this place because King Egeziah had no child. So this morning I would like to title this sermon as "Fire Consumed Two Captains and Their Armies." Can you read that with me? Fire consumed two captains and their army. So this is one of the sermons of the series called The Miracles of Elijah. So before we even we get started talking about this chapter, there are many parallels as I could read this scripture. I could see many parallels between Elijah and Lord Jesus Christ. And before even we go to this chapter, even otherwise there are many parallels between Elijah. We all know who is Elijah. Who is Elijah prophet prophet Elijah right so there's a parallel there's a similarity there are many similarities between Elijah and Lord Jesus Christ and a couple of them we know already both Elijah and Jesus they ascended into heaven they did not see the natural death both of them ascended into heaven and both did not eat for 40 days Jesus as well as Elijah in the wilderness and both confronted the leaders Elijah, many times he ended up in standing before King Ahab and even in front of the other kings, but Lord Jesus Christ, even he had to stand before the kings. We are talking about there are many parallels between King, uh, 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 Prophet Elijah and Lord Jesus Christ. Angels ministered to both of them. And in fact, people fell on both of their knees at different times. And people sought to kill Jesus, and people also sought to kill Elijah. And both were prophets. Jesus himself was a prophet. Elijah is a prophet. And you know what? Both raised dead people. Both raised people from the dead. And both of them had many followers. Jesus had, and Elijah had. Elijah and all the many other prophets both appeared to people even after going to heaven. So there are many more similarities between Lord Jesus Christ and Elijah. But today I want you to bring your attention to few similarities and few dissimilarities of this miracle with the life of Lord Jesus Christ. Simply based on the incident that took place in 2 Kings chapter 1 as we read it. There are a couple of similarities and dissimilarities number one when the captain and the soldiers came to detain Elijah if you can put that here on the next slide so detain Elijah he was sitting on top of the hill. Elijah was sitting on the top of the hill verse 9 9 we read that second Kings chapter 1 and as Elijah was sitting on the top of the kill hill we remember Jesus after he was arrested he was taken to Mount Golgotha as he was hanging at the cross Two captains and 100 soldiers were just killed, where, sorry, where came? they came first to capture Elijah. You remember Roman soldiers, they captured Jesus before they killed him. Number three, but the third captain and his 50 followers, 50 soldiers, they humbled themselves. They surrendered themselves just because they wanted to escape the fire. Otherwise fire would have come and consumed them. But they humbled themselves and they escaped the fire. You remember the third man who was hanging at the cross came to Lord Jesus Christ. And he gave his life at the end of his life. And he escaped the hell fire. Because Jesus said today you will be with me in paradise. And fourthly King Ahaziah was the son of the most wicked king Ahab and his wife Jezebel. They simply rejected the God of Israel. So Agassizah was one son of King Ahab and Jezebel. They just simply rejected the God of Israel. You remember when Jesus was alive on the face of this earth, the kings and the high priests they rejected Jesus. They rejected him too. Elijah brought fire from heaven and destroyed the captain and his army. That's what Elijah did in the Old Testament. But remember, Jesus, as he was hanging at the cross, he was looking at the soldiers and people who tortured him to death. He was looking at them and he was pleading to the Father. And he said, Father... Forgive them for they know not what they do. They do not know what they are doing. Forgive them. Here we see a man of God in the Old Testament standing, standing in front of thousands, hundreds of armies and he's standing in front of them and bringing fire from heaven to destroy them. Whereas Jesus hanging at the cross and pleading to the Father to forgive them for what they did. We see some dissimilarities. Elijah met Ahaziah and pronounced death over him. That's the simple reason he went to his house on the day Jesus met sinners. All along when he was ministering, she, she, he met the, the, the women at the well, the Samaritan women, and he met many other sinners in his life. But he was not pronouncing death over them, but instead he pronounced resurrection and life over them. We see similarities and dissimilarities of what is happening in 2 Kings chapter 1 with the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said in John chapter 11 verse 25, Jesus said to God, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me Though he may die, he shall live. Jesus simply pronounced not curse, not death, not, 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 not destruction over people, but he simply declared life and resurrection over people. And as we said all these things, as we need to conclude this sermon this morning, there are three major astounding facts. There are three major, there are very surprisingly impressive facts Are notable facts that I could see in the scripture I just want to bring that to you number one the consuming nature of God and the compassionate nature of God which was revealed through Jesus Christ can you read that with me Confucius, the are the consuming nature of God and the compassionate nature of God that was revealed through Jesus Christ you know we all know God is sovereign God He's almighty, he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing. That's why we call him as omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient God. But the most important nature of our God is holiness. Can you say holiness? The consuming nature of God is triggered by his holiness. You know, it's just simple to understand. Sometimes, I'm a man of discipline, I just want things to be in order. When I see things are not in order, something that triggers me, sometimes I get angry, just because I'm of that nature. You know, we are all different types, right? So I'm of that nature. Something that triggers me when I see something that is not in order. And you know, it's maybe the same thing with you too. You may not be in the same area, but maybe in another area. So there are things that we cannot handle. When we see those things happening, you know, sometimes we, have, we see social injustice happening over against women and children at times. We can't handle it at times, you know, some of you cannot handle it. There may be various things that we cannot. God is a God of holiness. He's a holy God. The consuming nature of God is triggered by His very nature, holiness. God who cannot see and handle wickedness in Revelation chapter 4 verse 8 if you can come with me and read Revelation chapter 4 verse 8 says that the four living creatures in heaven each having six wings were full of eyes around within and they do not rest day or night saying what do they say can you say that together holy 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 Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come They always praise Him and worship Him holy, holy, holy. The God who always listens to the praise, saying that you are holy, you are holy. It's God's holiness that makes Him also a consuming fire that will judge the nations. This morning, I want you to listen to me. God's very nature of holiness triggers His another nature of consuming fire And that is going to judge the nations that's the reason Hebrews chapter 12 verse 29 the writer of Hebrews says for our God is a consuming fire just exactly like two sides of the coin one side we see the consuming nature of God but the other side we see the compassionate nature of God even God is the same today because he's a God who doesn't change this morning God is reminding us the holiness of God the unholy things that God cannot handle as I said but at the same time he is also a compassionate God Psalm is right in Psalm 86 verse 15 but you can we read that together but you oh Lord can we read out loud are a God full of compassion and gracious long-suffering and abundant mercy and truth and that compassion of compassion of God was revealed through Jesus Christ if Jesus would not have come to this world we will be still seeing the seeing the consuming nature of God none of us would have been alive all of us would have perished because all are sinned and they have fallen short of the glory of God that's what the Word of God says we would have all perished because God cannot see sinful things and the compassionate nature of God is revealed through son Jesus Christ today God is showing himself as a compassionate God just simply because we are living under his grace we are living under his mercy the second astounding truth that I see from these scriptures is the condemning nature of God and the life-giving nature of God through Jesus God of the Old Testament appeared to be a condemning God. God condemned wicked instantly. We see that people, those who are seeking after the other gods, is going to seek Bel suburb. when Ekran, King, 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 sorry, King Agaziah sent those messengers. They were going in the wrong direction. God could not handle it. He consumed them with the fire. Psalm 34, verse 21 says, evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned." That is the nature of God. But in the New Testament, we see Jesus taking the condemnation upon himself. You know, what a blessed God we serve. Jesus taking the condemnation upon himself and giving life to those who believe in him. John chapter 3 verse 18, he who believes in him is not contempt. But he who does not believe is contempt already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. God wants us to believe in his son Jesus. Jesus. So that we, even though we were originally condemned for death because of the coming of Lord Jesus Christ, He, because he will rise us again into life, not into death, not towards condemnation, but to everlasting life. Whoever that person may be, whatever the sin may be, when we believe in Jesus' name, he removes the death penalty that was sentenced over our lives even at the garden of Eden when Adam and Eve sinned and fell short of the glory of God that virginal sentences re returned at the cross amen amen can you hear an amen, amen. hallelujah Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Shall we read this together? There is therefore, it's a very beautiful scripture. Shall we just love the scripture? There is therefore no, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You know, God picks up ordinary people like you and me, and He makes us to the people, those who walk by the Spirit, who are led by the Spirit, not according to the flesh. What an amazing God, once we were condemned to eternal hell, but through Christ we receive life. The two captains and the hundred soldiers, they were condemned to death just because of the condemning nature of God. Thirdly, 2 Kings chapter 1 verse 13 Again, he sent the third captain of 50 with his 50 men. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and pleaded with him and said to him, man of God, please let my life and the life of these 50 servants of yours be precious in your sight. The first two captains and their army was in a hurry to go to to meet and to get a prophetical word from the false god of Beelzebub You know today when we start seeking other gods Other than the living god When we go and stand in front of those people and show your palm and tell them to tell what is written in my palm about my future. Tell, take the horoscope and find out what is my future. You know, God is not happy with what we do. You know, it is a very sad thing to know at times even people of God, people who are saved by the blood of Jesus, saved and anointed by the Holy Spirit, they go to the magicians because they don't like the neighbors. Because they don't like their, their children are there in some other country and they are doing well and they are well-to-do. They don't want that to happen. And they want to do something against that family. They seek after the magicians. The similar situation, what we see in 2 Kings chapter 1. It's happening in Christianity. It's happening among the believers. That's a sad thing. And we don't see fire coming the one who's holding is Jesus Jesus is holding that because he took that condemnation upon him we are living in a dispensation of grace right now so anything that we do we don't see the result immediately we don't see the punishment immediately but the day is coming the day is coming the one who is going to get seated on the throne is going to separate the goat from the sheep is going to get, so separate the wheat from the weed. The day is going to come. And on that day, you will see your neighbor standing on the other side, just ready to go to hell. But today, if you don't want that to happen to your neighbor, just start praying for her. Just start blessing that family. God, you would open their eyes, oh God, so that they may not seek after the false gods and goddesses. They may not go to the magicians, oh God, but they may seek to the living God you know it's very important whether you get the answer or not it is very important that you go to the right source it's very important that you always serve the right God whether you are blessed or not we are not serving God for material blessing Bible very clearly says if we serve God for material blessing we are more pitiable than anybody we are not following Christ because God is going to make us a millionaire no it's not going to happen if it happens it's good thank God we are not following God just for that I'd say often do not come to church because you want your visas to be stamped just do not come to church because you, are, you want your job to be you know sanctioned you don't just come to church because your permanent residency need to come quickly we don't serve God just because of physical blessings totally we see this captain came along with this army and he knelt down, humbled himself. The third thing, the astounding fact that I see here is, the humble and the meek are always preserved. Doesn't matter whether it is in the Old Testament or in the New Testament, the humble and the meek are always preserved. Just because the third captain humbled himself down to the knee before Elijah, in fact before God, he and his soldiers were spared. They were highly favored. Both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we see the humble and the meek are always preserved. What do you mean by meekness and humbleness? If you can just put the next slide. Meekness can be understood as being quiet, gentle, righteous, obedient. That's what is meekness. What is humbleness? Humbleness is a quality of not being proud, not displaying our importance, are you with me? Do we understand this? Just simple. Humbleness is nothing but just that it's a quality of not being proud. And not just, you know, want to display ourselves. Have you come across such people in our lives? They just want to gain importance to them when they are in the crowd. They want to just gain attraction to every, from everyone when they are in the crowd. Humbleness It's just exactly the opposite quality not just displaying our importance I mean it's important it's it's true that we are all precious we are all important but when we are in a crowd when you are in a gathering we are just one among like anybody I feel sorry for those ministers of God they consider themselves somewhere above people like us I don't want to do that in my life I just want to come down to the ground Just be with you, because what I go through, you also go through, what you go through, I also go through. I'm nowhere different. Men of God and women of God, we need to know how to humble ourselves. That doesn't mean that you you are not strict, that doesn't mean that you are not uh, in order, things keeping things in order. We do everything, but inside of your heart, you don't puff up. You know, you're not filled with pride. We need to make sure that this is very important. Meekness can be understood as being quiet and gentle. You know, we may have different characteristics. We may have different qualities. That's different. But instead of us, are we righteous? Are we obedient? First Peter, let's beautiful scripture. Let's read this. First Peter chapter 5 verse 6 says, you know, Peter writes, therefore, shall we read that together, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Today, we, many times we don't want to wait for the God, timing of God. We want to do things always ahead of God. You know, have you seen sometime there is an urge from within us, do things ahead of God's time. Now, I have seen many people coming to Christ newly. And they don't want to wait for God's time in their life. They don't give enough time to learn. They don't get, give enough time to get nurtured. And they are ahead of God's timings. And you know what you will lose the purpose that god has in your life if you try to run ahead of god's timing peter says humble yourself under the mighty god mighty hands of god that he may exalt you in due time you know jesus said a beautiful parable that's amazing so let's read the parable and then we are going to get into a time of prayer jesus said this in luke chapter 14 verses 8 through 11. let's read that together when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast do not sit in the best place lest one more honorable than you be invited by him and he who invited you and him come and say to you give place to this man and then you begin with the shame being with the shame to take the lowest place you get that what Jesus is saying but when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, get up from here and go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted what a beautiful parable but at the same time we also this beautiful parable is being misused at times if you're invited for some function you don't want to go and sit on the floor thinking that somebody will come and wake you up and take you up and put in the chair nobody's going to come you'll ever sit in the floor only So Jesus is talking about the humbleness that we need to have inside of us. Amen? Are you with me? You know, this is something that blesses us. Scripture promises many blessings to the meek and the humble. Psalm 37 verse 11. But the meek shall inherit. Can you read that with me? The meek shall inherit the earth. And shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You know today in our heart we lose peace at times. Because we don't practice humility and meekness inside of us. That robs our peace. When somebody speaks something against you. When someone has done something against you. It takes our peace away. Just simply because we don't have that meekness and humbleness inside of us. If we practice, I'm practicing, I'm trying to practice. We are all trying. When we practice humility and meekness inside of us, he may say, it doesn't matter what he says. Let him continue to say. It doesn't matter. So God wants us to practice. If somebody is doing something against you, against your family, they don't want you to be well. They don't like the well-being of your children. They are trying to behave in a different way. They do partiality and they practice favoritism. Practice meekness and humbleness inside of you so that nothing will affect you. You have perfect peace. That's what the word of God says. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. What do you mean by inherit the earth? The blessings. The material blessings. Matthew 5, 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is something that with which I was not born, but I need to practice. This is something with which we are not born, We are born like just in the sinful world, with a sinful nature. But God, as we walk closer to God, God wants us to transform. And how the transformation comes, it doesn't fall from heaven. It It comes inside of us. Just practicing it, taking effort to put that meekness and humility inside of us and practice that every day in our lives. And where it starts? Where it starts? Where it's supposed to start, the practice. At the church at home where it starts at home between husband and wife between children and parents that's where the humbleness and humility and meekness starts both meekness and humbleness can be developed it's more important to walk in meekness it is more important to walk in humility than walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit did you hear it is more important to walk in humility it is more important to walk in humbleness than walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit remember Lucifer had the same anointing of any worship leader but he failed to walk in humility. he had the same level of anointing and all-powerful Almighty next to God but the moment he failed to walk in humility and meekness, that was the end of his fall or the beginning of his fall, whatever it may be. God wants us to walk in humility. As I summarize to close, God wants us to escape the fire, the consuming fire of God. We need to have a holy life in order to escape the consuming fire that is going to come upon this land, upon those who do not believe and follow Christ. Do not live in a God-pleasing life. Escape the condemnation, we need to be found in Christ in order to escape the condemnation that is already declared over mankind, especially upon those who do not have Christ. And God wants us to walk in humility and meekness. We want to be humble and we want to be meek, so that we will not exalt. the self will not exalt, we exalt itself. We will not do things without the will of God. We will not try to run ahead of the timing of God. But instead we will humble ourselves and we will surrender our lives under the mighty hands of God that he may exalt us in due time. Shall we all arise this morning as we close?